For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love requires cling to the one whose heart Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 13 as we'll begin today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number uh, 13 and we'll finish this chapter today and Paul is writing to the church at Corinth here and he's answering questions. He's straightening out some things. He's pointing people down the right path. And those truths, these truths are just, just as valid as they were back then as they are today. Amen. You can apply it to your life today. Don't you love that about the word of God? It is literally timeless. It will last throughout all eternity. And those truths will always ring true throughout eternity. Amen. I love that about the word of God. So Paul here, God used Paul to pen Second uh, Corinthians. And don't you just love that fact that Paul, here God takes somebody who was a, not just a sinner, Paul was a murderer. Paul was a religious nut that would go in and thought he was doing God's work by dragging Christian, good Bible-believing, God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christians out of their home and kill them, stone them. Uh, have them hung up. Uh, the first deacon, the Bible says he was stoned and the, his clothes were laid in that young man's feet named Saul. And that was the apostle Paul. But don't you love how God can take that, somebody like that, and use him to do great and mighty things and pen a lot of the New Testament. I wonder what the church today would think of Paul if he walked in the church and sat down. I mean, do you think there'd be some head turners? Do you think they'd even let him in the door? Because I think they, they would do is a lot of people do today. I heard what they did. I heard about them. I heard about this and I heard about that. And they'd look down on them and they'd shun them. But listen to me. Just because that a, a man or a woman or a church would do that, that doesn't mean God's doing it. That's, that's a man. Uh, that's not God. And so, but did they have a right to fear? Well, sure they did because he murdered Christians and now he's saying he's one of us. But that's because God changed his heart as he can you also. He can take the meanest, the biggest, the baddest, the hardest, the most honoriest, the most low down, dirty, rotten scoundrel and save their soul, write their name down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. So look with me now in this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. So Paul states his intention here of boasting only in the sphere, only in the circle, in the ministry that God has given him. 
You see, back then you had what you called Judaizers, and he made it a practice not to intrude into someone else's work when, when he wanted to boast. And that was an obvious reference to the Judaizers. That's what they would do. It was their practice to work their way into churches that were already established. Listen to me. Think about this. It was their practice to work in a church that were already established by the Apostle Paul or another Christian and build upon that foundation, another man's foundation, and then boast about what they had done. They were actually boasting something that for some work that somebody else had already done. And does that happen today? Absolutely. But that they had a name for it back then. Paul called them Judaizers. And Paul says he won't not boast concerning the matters which lie outside the, the circle of the service of Christ. Because listen to me, nothing else matters. You might fool your spouse, your wife, your husband, your children, all the church members, your pastor, the preacher down the road, all your pastoral friends, you might fool them all. But you listen to me, God sees your heart. He knows you will not fool him. You might be like the Judaizers and you might get all the credit for it here on earth, but you won't get a drop of credit in heaven because God knows who did it. God knows who laid the foundation. God knows who did the work. For somebody, it's another man to come in and say, boy, look what I did. It's false. It's phony. And it's a bunch of junk and garbage to put it uh, uh, specifically. It's no good. As my mama would say, that's just a bunch of junk. And it sure is, but it happens. It happens all over the place, but it's even worse when it happens in church, when it happens with God's people. Because listen to me, that is the most sacred work that there is. That is God's work. That is God's business. God loves the local church so much so that he sent his son to die. So that we, us sinners, could be part, could be born into the family of God, into the church, into God's church. Amen? So that work is serious, and we should take that serious. And we should give God all the praise. And I believe that's what Paul is saying here. God may have used me, but I'm just a vessel. I am just a tool that's being obedient to God. God does all the work, and that means God deserves all the glory. Amen. I don't. My name means nothing. Who I am means nothing. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, the sooner that you adopt that attitude, the more God can do in and through you because it's no longer about you. It's not about your pride or your name or your status or who you are or who you're around or, or where you're from or what's this or that. No, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done, and what he can do, and what he can accomplish. Amen? Give God the glory. He deserves it. And I can tell you this, that's the best thing we can do. The Bible says that if we don't praise him, if we don't glorify him, that the rocks themselves will cry out. That's an amazing thought to me, that a rock could cry out, glory to God, and praising God in the highest. But the Bible says that is the truth. He is the only one worthy of worship. Amen. You remember that. He is the only one worthy of worship. Oh, how we tend to give our worship to other things, though, sometimes. We let other things get in the way. Uh, but God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the only one worthy of that worship. He's the only one worthy of bragging on. I'm not, and you're not either. And so, as Paul is 
obviously referring to the Judaizers here who had come into a church that was already established and brag about what they had done when they had literally just come in and taken over. Verse number 14, For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. See, the apostle is not indulging in excessive boasting. He is not. God has appointed a circle, a sphere of service for him. And that circle of service included Corinth. He had come to the Corinthians, preaching the gospel, planting churches. Amen. If he had not come as far as Corinth to the Corinthians, uh, he could be accused of boasting beyond that proper limit. In other words, boasting of things that he didn't do. Boasting of he went places where he didn't really go. But Paul did. And listen to me. Paul had went through a lot. He'd undergone trial and testing and affliction and difficulties in order that he might reach those people at Corinth. And I'm here to tell you, you listen to me. If you follow God's will for your life and you reach those people that God has put in your path, you're going to have trials. You're going to have testing. You're going to have affliction. You're going to have difficulties. Just like Paul did. He went to reach those Corinthians. And so now others were invading that sphere, these Judaizers, which had Paul had pioneered to them. But here these Judaizers come in, they, and they probably wanted to boast about their achievements that they had reached him. No, they didn't. Paul had. God had laid it on Paul's heart to go after them. And I tell you, it's even in the world. People love to steal somebody else's thunder, don't they? And that's kind of a worldly way to say it, but you know exactly what I mean. They want to steal somebody else's thunder. They, they want to get the glory out of it. But the truth is, they're not robbing that glory from Paul. They're trying to rob the glory from God. You hear me? They're not robbing. They're not trying to rob the glory from Paul. They're really trying to rob the glory from God. And that happens a lot, even to this day. But God deserves all the glory. Amen to that. Verse number 15. Not boasting of things without measure. That is, of other men's labors, but having Hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. So the apostle here, the apostle Paul, he's determined that he won't boast of matters which were not directly results of him working in his service for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the very thing of which the Judaizers were guilty of. They boasted and bragged on other men's labors, on other people's work. And Paul says, I am not, I am not going to do it. They tried to steal Paul's sheep. They tried to assassinate his character, contradict his teaching. They assumed false authority and there's a lot of that today. You turn on the TV, there's a prosperity preacher on every channel. What are they doing? They're trying to steal some authority. They don't have that authority. See, preaching the gospel is a God-given authority. It's a God-given calling. God puts it on a man's life. And usually it goes like this. They'll pick one verse out of the Bible. 
that sounds really good. And they'll build a whole sermon and a whole doctrine around that verse. You listen to me, you can't do that with the Bible. Context is key when understanding the Bible. What do all the verses around that verse say about that verse? You can pluck one verse out of the Bible and make it say anything. But that's not how you do it. That's not how you understand God's word. What do all the other verses in the Bible say about that verse that you're talking about? Put that verse in its context where it belongs if you want to understand what that verse truly says. But you cannot build a doctrine off of just one verse. You can't just pluck it out and say, well, it means this and it means that. No, you've got to understand the context of the chapter the context of the book, who's writing it, who they're writing it to, there are many variables. Can God light that on your heart? Absolutely. But I'm here to tell you, a false preacher, somebody that's taken false authority, will abuse that. They'll pull one verse out of there and they'll preach this prosperity message, how God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. That's nowhere in the Bible. But I tell you what is in the Bible. God wants you to be holy. That's what he wants. Does he want you to be happy? Sure he does. But you're, he does say you're going to have trials and afflictions and hurt and pain in this life. As a matter of fact, he goes as far as to say that those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, the Bible says. Does God want you to be happy? Yes, he wants you to be happy in him. He wants you to be happy in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to be happy that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He wants you to be happy you don't have to face the penalty of sin, which is a place called hell, that his son took the place for you. That's what he wants you to be happy about. But you're going to have hurt, pain, and affliction, and suffering, and all kinds of things in this life. But know this, greater is he that is in he than he that is in this world. He has overcome the world. He has defeated it. He has the power over over death, hell, and the grave. So these hurt and these pains, these sufferings that we have are nothing, the Bible says, nothing to be compared to the glory for which is to come. Thank God for that. The Bible even says you won't even remember it. All those things you spent crying about that you've hurt, that you've just snot bragged all over yourself, quivering and crying because it hurts so bad. Yes, I've been there. I felt that. I know what it's like. All those things, God will wipe them from your mind. You won't even hear it. He'll wipe away the tears. They won't even be worth remembering. The glory will be so great that those things won't even matter. They'll be minuscule. They'll be as nothing. God will wipe them from your mind. You remember that next time that you've, you're so sad or something so bad happens, you fall on the floor and your own puddle of tears, amen? Because there's some hurtful things in this life, and I'm not taking away from them. Nobody's saying that it doesn't hurt. Nobody's saying, oh, just don't get over it. No, I'm not saying that. I know the hurts really hurt, and the deep really goes deep, and it hurts really bad. But I'm here to tell you what the Bible says, that greater is he that is in he, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. He has overcome this world. He has defeated this world. And that one day you won't feel that. One day you won't remember that. One day you might look back and see what God has done in and through your life because of what happened and how bad it hurt and how, how you got to touch somebody else because of the hurt that you felt. You were able to either encourage them or they washed you in your life. They seen how much you trusted God. I don't know what the case is, but I know this. God can take that hurt no matter how deep, how bad, how wide, how tall, how much it hurts, God can take that and use it for his honor, for his glory, to encourage somebody else, to bring somebody else to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He most certainly can. 
And that's what he says here. He says, I'm not boasting without measure. No, I, I've seen what God can do. I know what God can do. I may hurt and they beat me and they stone me and they run me down, they run me over. But I know, I know who I have believed in. Amen. Thank God for that. So Paul's hope was that when the Corinthians' faith increased and he could move on, their faith would express itself in practical help. Amen. That would enable him to go still further and reach more of God's people. Has his ministry extended on out? Amen. As we all should want. Some, some do it right here at home. Uh, some are in their local church. Some are called to be missionaries. But God has called all of us to reach somebody. Amen. I thank God for that, what he has put on my life. I thank God he picked me up out of the muck and the mire and the filth and the raunchiness that I lived in. Amen. And he set my feet on solid ground. He saved my soul and he wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now I have a job to tell others about what God has done for me and what God can do for them. Verse number 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 16. He says, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. I like that. Paul doesn't want to take nobody else's glory, nobody else's thunder. And he's saying, but they do. They want to. They don't mind taking it. He said to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things. The rule was to preach the gospel in the regions beyond the Corinthians. That's what he wanted to do. Probably meaning beyond Western Greece, Italy, Spain, somewhere over that way. And not to boast in another man's circle of work, another man's sphere of accomplishments. The apostle here, the apostle Paul, he, didn't not, he did not intend to trespass on others or on their field. Or on their church. He didn't go into a church and try to take over that he hadn't started. He didn't go into another man's field and start picking all the corn as these other folks did. Careful with that. I do believe that there's even that even happens in good Bible-believing churches sometimes. Maybe even uh, just good, honest people, but they want to grow their church so bad they don't mind trying to steal other church members from a church. Careful with that preacher. Careful with that pastor. Careful with that evangelist. God has them there for a reason. And you listen to me, church member. You stay where God has had, where God has you. Unless you know for a fact, I don't care what somebody has told you or promised you, you better know if you're going to leave one church and go to another that God has actually called you to that. Grow roots. You know, an oak tree never gets deep, solid, strong roots if you keep moving it. I'm going to say that again. Listen to me. A big oak tree will never grow solid, strong roots if it keeps moving. Listen to me, Christian. You've got to stay where God has planted you and grow deep, grow tall, live strong. Amen? Stay where God has has you tough times come yes they do hurts come yes they do storms come yes they do hurricanes come but that oak tree that's got deep roots it stays standing even after the storm amen stay where god has you stay where god wants you stay where god has put you even if they don't want you if god wants you there and you know it hey 
Stick it out. Stay where God wants you. And God will work out the rest. He really will. I like what Paul says, to preach the gospel in regions beyond you. Shouldn't that be all of our goal? Shouldn't our goal to be to preach the gospel beyond our own household, beyond our own neighborhood, beyond our own town, beyond our own city, beyond our own county? I thank God for the radio ministry that he has given me. Amen. I thank God for you faithful listeners that have got behind us at Crossbound Ministry wanting to preach the gospel and financially support us. Thank you. And I give God all the glory for it. I can't tell you about the great letters that we get from people in prison. If you're in prison, please write in. I want to hear from you. I want to know what God's doing in your life. Please write to me. It puts a smile on my face to see that letter. It most certainly does. If you're encouraged by the message, I want to hear from you. Write to me. Email me. Call me. Whatever it is. I thank y'all that have got behind us and have given to this ministry, to Crossbound Ministry. Do you know that every dollar goes to spreading this gospel? Me and my wife both work full time. We support our own selves and we give a lot to the ministry. And those that have given to the ministry, every dollar goes to spread the gospel. Every dollar prints tracks and books and pays for airways and all kinds of different things. Amen. I thank God for y'all that have gotten behind us. Amen. Here at Crossbound Ministry. Thank you because we do like paul wants to do in this verse to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you amen as far as i can possibly go that's how far i want god to open the doors for me and i thank god for that verse number 17 but he that glorieth let him glory in the lord let's read that again who should get the glory what should, what should we glory in but he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord. If anyone glories, he should glory in the Lord. So this means he should glory only in what the Lord has been pleased in to do and through you. Amen. That, that seems to be the whole argument of this whole passage right here. It's all about the Lord. God supplies all the needs, so he should get all the glory. Amen. But he that glorieth, Paul says, let him glory in the Lord. Only God deserves the glory. God gets the glory out of it. As this preacher told me one time, he said, there's three things will happen if it's truly from God. Listen to me. Three things will happen if it's truly from God. Number one, God will initiate it. Number two, God will sustain it. Number three, God will get the glory out of it. There it is. You know, if it's from God, and it's truly from God, God will initiate it, God will sustain it, and God will get the glory out of it. But he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. Verse number 18. For not he that commandeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth is approved. Now, it doesn't say it on the end is approved. It says, but whom the Lord commendeth. But it means the person that commendeth himself is not approved, but whom the Lord commendeth is approved. Has the Lord commendeth you? Has he called you to do something? After all, self-commendation is not what wins God's approval. It's when God calls you. And so the question that Paul's critics should face is this. Has the Lord commanded you by so blessing your ministry that souls have been saved, that saints have been established in the faith and grown in the faith, and that has there been churches planted? Has God used and worked through you? Has the Lord commended you? 
because it's who the Lord commanded that matters. What man thinks really doesn't matter. It's who God calls and what God wants. And when God points the way, you know it's from him. Just like I said, when something's from God, God will initiate it. God will sustain it. And God will get the glory out of it. Amen. Pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.